Hey everyone, welcome to the Now of Work podcast. So, so excited for all of the comments that have been coming in. So excited for the feedback that's been coming in. Trying to keep the guests up, trying to get the excitement up, trying to make sure that we're providing content that's really, really relevant. So thank you for all of the great feedback. And if you have ideas for guests, if you have ideas for guests, please let me know. Hey, for all of you listeners, uh, one of the things we're doing is we're doing some texting. Everyone knows how to text. Uh, we have a new community app that we're using. Please send a text to this number, 310-706-2868. 310-706-2868. Type in hi. That's going to add you to our community list, and we'll make sure that every time we throw out a podcast or every time there's some new content out there, we'll send it out to you. Thanks so much for being part of the community. This Now of Work community continues to grow, and we're so, so excited about it. On the podcast today, Mark Moschetto. Mark is the CEO and founder of an organization that is truly changing the way we think about marketing, truly changing the way we think, the way we think about this concept of storytelling. We have a great, Mark and I have some great discussions in this podcast around everything from how are we telling the truth when it comes to software marketing to how do we become great storytellers when we live in the world where stories are so, so important all the way to why why start your own business and in the world we live in today what are the pros and cons of that and how do you make sure you get up in the morning and keep doing amazing work so mark moschetto amazing guy ceo founder of kickmotor kickmotor.com check out kickmotor listen to this interview with mark you're going to love him you're going to love the interview and most of all i hope 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 that this adds value to your day Thanks so much for listening again. Take care. Enjoy the cast. See ya. Hey, Mark. How are you? Hey, man. How are you? It's great to uh, great to chat with you. So glad to have you. And you are joining us live from a sanitized microphone somewhere in what state? What city? I am effectively social distanced all the way over here, uh, just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, the beautiful RTP nice. area. What a great city. It's awesome. I'm loving it. Now, you, you're, you're fairly new to North Carolina, right? Uh, you know, like five-ish years, but, um, you know, Boston is, was, and always shall be my home. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting into the groove of pronouncing my R's so people understand me here and going to Dunkin' Donuts and ordering properly instead of a large ice regular. And NASCAR. But NASCAR. I, I, mm, nah, nah. Still haven't gotten into that yet, but. You're not a NASCAR guy. But, you know, it is kind of cool to see, not everyone's going to see this, but at least from us, seeing that Fenway Park 723 miles sign behind you there. That's so. my amazing wife gave me that. That is the actual mileage from this very office to Fenway Park in Boston. I love it. So you're not too far. So Mark is the CEO of a company name that I love, Kickmotor. Um, now, you know, Mark, you know, is a, is a marketing guy. So just so you know, and, and Mark, you know, one of the things that Kickmotor does is really help organizations think about their go-to-market and scale. But first of all, where did you come up with the name Kickmotor? It's so perfect. Um, is there a story behind it? There is, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I am a nerd to the nth degree, um, which anyone who knows me will not be shocked by that. 
by um, the prime area of my nerdiness is space. I, ever since I was a little kid, you know, um, in my late forties. So I grew up in the shadow of Apollo and um, I've just always been passionate about science and space travel. And um, a kick motor is an actual engine that's on a spacecraft that's in orbit. So if you have a satellite and the satellite needs to achieve a higher level orbit and it needs to change its trajectory, the engine that fires is called a kick motor. So the kick motor comes on, you get to your, your new higher level orbit, and then the kick motor goes off. And it's a great metaphor for, you know, really the way that I set up the agency. So, you know, we typically go in, we'll work with organizations that um, are either growth stage companies that are going for their first round of funding um, or, you know, have their A round and going for their B round and all the scrappiness and grit and determination that got them from standing start to where they are today um, is not necessarily the same skill set that is going to get them to the next round and higher. So um, building a team, building scale, really helping to define who you are, right? Senec talks about finding your why, right? Yeah. So we work with organizations to do that. And we do everything from fractional CMO work on one end to, you know, we're increasingly seeing, I'd love to talk about it during this podcast, um, working with HR teams and internal communication teams on how do you parlay some of the best practices for marketing, especially now in a distributed workforce more than ever. Um, how do you take some of the things that we've learned around digital marketing and engagement and being able to read the room and understand if your message is resonating when you don't have the benefit of sitting around the table with someone. So we're, yeah, we're really let's starting make, to see interest let's make there. Sure we save some time to do that because even this whole world of experience, so we've talked about marketing and you know, marketing experience, experiential marketing yet for HR, that's a new word. So let's save some time for that. But I want to get back to a question that if I didn't ask you, I think I'd be tone deaf. So, you know, you're trying to help these companies kick into gear. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, and you know, once again, 2020 going just as planned, right? <laughs> Not for anyone. Um, you, know, you know, some of these companies you're probably working with have probably had to pivot yeah. uh, like yours, like mine. Um, and some are hanging on to your life. So are you still kicking them into gear? Are you trying to kick them into a different gear? Um, how is how's this world of 2020 affecting like the businesses that you work with? Yeah, you know, and it's really, it's, it's all across the map. We have some organizations that um, have really hunkered down and gone into, look, we, we have to do a hard change from growth, growth, growth to, oh my God, let's preserve capital and um, throttle way back. I feel like there's a number of reasons why you need to do that. But as things start to crank up again, or as we, you know, what we thought was maybe a three or four month hitting of the pause button may end up being a 12 month well, this is just the way things are. So it's going to be challenging to kind of get out of a hole uh, with that. We've had other organizations that are seeing it as time of opportunity um, and being able to double down. Uh, one of our clients is actually up in New England uh, and they're a, a nonprofit consortium um, that kind of pulls together other nonprofits to create a more collective buying power for energy. Um, and they're really ramping up their outreach efforts because, you know, every dollar that is saved from your utility bills, another dollar you can give right back to your mission and give right back to your community. So they're wisely seeing this as a way where they can really reach out and not only help the constituents that they have as part of the consortium today, but really expand their footprint. Um, 
So it, it's across the board, man, but it's really, I mean, if you don't, if you don't embrace resiliency and transparency and engagement as an organization now, um, you know, you got some introspection to do. So I completely agree with you. And I think that, you know, it, it kind of gets us to the question. I love talking to people about, um, I had numbers of CEOs on, on, um, you know, on the podcast and this now of work, one of the things I think that, I mean, you used the word grit a little bit earlier. You've used the word perseverance twice. Uh, you've used endurance. You've used, we're just all freaking crazy. No, you didn't say that, but maybe I was thinking It's implied. That. It's implied. Um, you know, so what got you to bring kick motor into existence? Like, is there a passion for something? Is it a, always been a dream? Like, what's the, like, what's the secret to kick motor and what keeps you, what, what got it ticking? So it's a confluence of a couple of things. Um, I have always, always had a passion for marketing. Um, I'm a storyteller at heart. Oh, you're brilliant at it. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I'm a storyteller at heart. I've written a screenplay that's registered with the Writers Guild. That's like I call 120 pages of mediocrity. I've always done blogging and short stories. And, you know, as I came up through college, I went to a school. I went to Northeastern University, Go Huskies specifically just so I could do the co-op program, right? I wanted to kick the tires on a couple of different aspects of marketing. Um, and as I came through that, I realized I kind of liked doing it all. And that's where I started going down the path of, you know, more of a, a marketing generalist and moving into director and VP and then CXO level roles. I'm deeply passionate about what I do. I think that another thing that I absolutely saw emerging is if you, you look at any of the stats around the average shelf life of a CMO in tech, it's 18 to 24 months, right? And I have been absolutely living that for the past five or six years. I think a big part of that is, you know, marketing, when it's not going right, you don't know what levers to pull. And it's a, oh my God, we're a mess. We've got to fix everything. So we need a CMO to come in and kind of flip everything over and make it work. Nine times out of 10, you get into an organization. Yeah, it, it just requires some deliberate been there, done that. So Again, make sure you know what your story is and how you're going to tell it. Make sure you understand your market. Make sure you get the right team in place that can help execute on the strategies that are going to get you to the next level. Have the right content strategy. And that's hugely important is how you engage with people is, you know, gone of the days of saying my widget is best, right? It's educating them. People want to research and come to conclusions on their own. Um, oftentimes it's how do you deal with boards, right? Yeah. How do you put together the right, metrics and dashboards for the board report. So they're comfortable that you're being good stewards of the marketing budget dollars. So, you know, you put all of that together and you get all that working and then suddenly magical things happen. Um, sales stops complaining about the quality of the leads. Um, you know, revenues start to go up. And now if you've done the right job of training the, the people who are in your, your organization supporting you, you can have a very highly qualified director or VP that can, you know, make sure that the programs are running accurately and you've trained them how to um, adjust their, their sales to the wind. And suddenly the, the owners or the VCs start to say, you know, man, marketing is doing okay right now, but if we could throw another squad on, we could get product to market faster. So then the CMO just becomes kind of expensive headcount and every organization I've left, we've got, great rapport. I still talk to them on a regular basis, but it's just simply got to the point where, you know, there's, there's other ways that you could spend those dollars. So, um, 
I finally decided to hang out my shingle and, and do it. And I've been blessed that since we started a little over a year ago, it's been, it's been cranking. So where does this story, the storytelling thing is interesting to me. Um, and it, you know, I have a number of questions about it, but I think I can bundle them together. So, mm-hmm. you know, first of all, how did you get to love storytelling? Um, second of all, you know, I talk about storytelling as being a huge skill needed for HR organizations uh, in the world we live in today. You know, not just not just HR vendors, yeah. but true HR. You know, the the actual organizations, the HR departments within you know organizations of all shapes and sizes. Uh, and then, so so why storytelling? Why is it important to HR? And then, what's the value of it? Um, and I kind of threw everything together into a bucket there called storytelling. But yep. to me, it's so important. And I don't want people to gloss over it because it's not about the screenplay. I mean, the screenplay is cool. I didn't know it. You learn something yeah. new every, you know, about everyone you talk to. But it, it has to be, a, to me, it's a life skill that's needed now. And I'd love for you to share about it. It's, uh, man, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's very much a life skill. Um, okay, so how did I get into it? Uh, it's just, I've always loved I've been drawn to the written word, like literally since I was a kid in grade school. Um, like what, does that, I, what does that mean when you, you were drawn to the written word as a kid in grade school? So I have kids. Yep. I mean, they're not, they're actually, they're, they're 12 and 15. So it's probably not, well, I guess that's still grade school. Um, like, how do I tell if they're drawn to the written word? Like, what does that mean? For, for me, it was, you throw me an essay as a class project. I'm going to freaking crush it right? If you give me creative writing, that was it. And, and it's just, you know, everyone is born with their own gifts, right? Yeah. I just happen to absolutely love being able to string words together. So much so that I started doing it, you know, if, if I was a kid now, I'd be blogging and vlogging. You know, back then I journaled and I used to love drawing. I was a huge like Bloom County fan. So I'd get my Bloom County or, you know, some of the other comic books and, and draw the pictures or I was a huge Marvel nerd. And um, my parents' best friends, when I was growing up, um, owned a print shop in Lawrence, in the city where I grew up. I was like kind of a, a son he never had. So he's like, hey, Mark, why don't you take a Saturday and come in with me and show, I'll show you how people who like to write and draw can actually do it for a living. And at the time, he was doing a ton of work for like the big ad agencies in Boston and everything. That kind of lit the spark for me that like, wow, man, I can, I, I don't, I don't have to climb the hill and try to be a published author. Like there are ways yeah. that I can exercise that in a way that's meaningful. Um, and so that's, apply that to the world we live in. Apply that to yeah. the world of HR here. Yeah, I think, you know, look, storytelling, especially in the world of HR, brings you right back around to authenticity, right? Visions and values are words in a website. You can put it on a wall in your, in your conference room. You can throw it on the back of every brochure. If you don't live it, and you don't have people that can tell that story and give examples, it's not real. It's not a lie. It's words on a wall. You know, one of my, one of my more recent gigs, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've spent a lot of my career doing marketing on the, on the HR technology side of the world. One of my previous employers um, I was working at, and I was a, on the executive team as my dad was battling Alzheimer's. And our mission was, our internal culture was, you know, we care about people and you know, we understand that life happens and those are all words until you're confronted with it. So we were growing gangbusters and here I had, you know, 
the guy who was the nucleus of my life going through something very, very tough. And the CEO who I love dearly, and we didn't always see eye to eye, but the rest of the world didn't know that because we would kind of just go in a room for either 20 minutes or two days until we hashed it out. He would call me every weekend. And I, like, I distinctly remember I have my bags packed and I'm getting ready to do a business trip. And he's like, how's dad? How's mom? Rough week. Okay. You stay home. I'm going to call you in for these two hours in the meeting and I've got everything else. That's a story that shows the company walks the walk. A couple of years later, my dad passed and um, we qualified for our president's club trip. I said, look, I, I really appreciate it. You know, Katie and I love making these trips, but right now I just, my head's not in it. I don't want to waste the, the company's money. He's like, okay, you tell me when you're ready and I'm going to pick up the tab on a family vacation. Two months later, my whole family was in Florida. I mean, that's when I tell that story versus saying the company really cares about people, what yep. resonates with you, right? Yeah. Um, so that, that's how it comes to roost, I think, in the, in the HR world. I'm struggling with something. Okay, lay it on me. We'll work it out. Software marketing and authenticity. That seems to be a clash because there's a lot of people that will say, oh, moderately insulting. This, this software marketing stuff, they're just making stuff up. Like it's not, like, it's not authentic. So the fact that you talked about authenticity and you, you're a brilliant software marketer in the same breath, how does that work? Because isn't software marketing just a bunch of lies? Oh, man. See? Oh, man. I just opened we, up a huge can of words. We will have words, sir. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I mean, I, again. No, just, about... uh, just, I'm sorry. So take us inside baseball. And I, yeah, I, yeah. Shouldn't have been so, I shouldn't have been so sarcastic there. Oh, but, please, come on. you know, like when it comes to, you know, how we market software. I mean, vent, certain vendors do a really good job, in my personal opinion. Others, not so much. Yeah. But yeah. I assume that you've tried to bring that storytelling into how you market software. For those that are looking at buying software, you know, what would you recommend they do when they look at how a software vendor markets? Yeah, I, I think that, man, and that, that puts a lot of pressure on the marketing teams, right? That if you're going to make a go, no go, seven figure decision on the marketing yep. piece. But, you know, I think that you really need to look beyond speeds and feeds. If you're, if you've got an organization that is constantly throwing them, my widget's better than your widget if that flows all the way out to the sales team, that tells me that they probably have a pretty good handle on the technical aspects of their solution, but they don't necessarily have the understanding of the story around why. Why is that a big deal? Why does that matter? I'll go back to that, that other company um, with the, the previous CEO example. We were getting ready to roll out a product that was all around like absence and leave management. And it was a solution that you know, really automated the process and it was a secure container so you could exchange doctor's notes and all that fun stuff. We could have, we could have told the story that way, but you know, the more compelling piece is when you looked at why did we think the time was right to do that? Well, if you're uh, an employer in the United States, you've got this thing called FMLA. At the time, you also had 300, it's probably more by now, state-specific absence and leave laws that could come into play at any time. If you're a large employer and you've got employees in 20 states and God forbid one of them is California, you know, you've got a mountain ahead of you in terms of making sure that you're an expert in all those states. So if there's a way you can automate it, everything from being able to handle multiple states at once or 
Sue comes into her manager and requests a, a type of leave. Mike comes into his manager and asks the exact same type of leave. They're both in the same state. One manager says yes, one manager says no. You're looking at fines, you're looking at litigations, but more importantly, you're looking at damaging that credibility with your employees and your future opportunity for attracting employees because now you're the people that don't have their act together. So always look for what will this software do for me? Do they understand my pains? Do they understand my market and what I'm wrestling with? And can they engage with me to the point where I understand how that aspirin is going to solve this headache? And I know that that's a bit of a hack. I like that. But, you know, it, it really speaks volumes about does the organization fully understand the value they bring and can they articulate it? If they can do it for themselves, then that's, you know, when you, when you get under the hood with implementations and you, you start talking about organizations at the stage where you work with organizations, that flows through, right? If you can yeah. make sure that that narrative is consistent and you can make sure that that understanding of the value you bring to your customers flows through your entire organization, you win. Like that. When you think about the storytelling into HR, and you think about marketing for HR, let's get mm-hmm. let's let's go beyond storytelling. Let's marketing yeah, for HR. I know that's something that's near and dear to your heart. What, what do yeah. you what do, what do you think HR can learn from marketing, and how and how do you recommend they learn it from marketing? Yeah. So I think there's a lot. There's a lot of cross pollination that can that can happen. So in addition to doing marketing, I did a brief stint in the the world of um, magazine publishing, and I was an editorial director for a, for a magazine. And prior to that, I had sat on the other side of the table where I was a, an advertiser who bought space with the magazine. You know, during that time, this was probably the the early aughts. There was this thing going on where you're saying you had to learn how to translate page advertising dollars into digital pennies, meaning you know instead of just paying five grand to run an ad to magazine and hoping it worked, you would now spend 50 bucks on a banner that was inherently trackable and you had to understand and report back how many clicks is this getting, how many views is it getting. And, you know, marketing has evolved significantly in terms of measuring engagement since then. But that marked the turn of, okay, from a digital perspective, we need to get really smart about understanding how are my messages resonating? Are they resonating? If not, what will? What behaviors am I driving? And you know, now you fast forward to a, a current and post-COVID world, and mm-hmm. you've got an entirely remote workforce, right? By, by necessity or design, you're going to have more remote work. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. How can HR work with marketing to understand, all right, I have to deliver this message out to the, to the employee base Let's do some A-B testing, right? Let's, let's have a version A that's maybe shorter and more conversational with a link to a video. And let's do B that's maybe a little wordier and has a white paper. I'm just throwing stuff yep, out. Yep. But tracking clicks, tracking opens, tracking downloads, um, being able to see those tells coming back from the marketplace and say, okay, with this cohort of my employee base, man, videos just three to one over a printed product. So you know what? We're going to start doing more short videos or people are on Zoom all day. They're totally burnt out. But if I send them a, a short MP3 file, they're going to listen to it while they're on the treadmill, right? Like there's yep. test, measure, read the results, try it again, right? And that's that's what good marketers have learned throughout the years and, and working with our compatriots on the HR world 
particularly for larger organizations, right? Um, I worked for Schneider Electric and I had a team where I had people reporting to me out of Germany and out of France. When you've got that type of a distributed workforce, like really having the tools that'll help you to understand who's engaging, what resonates with them. Um, it not only is a good check to make sure your message is getting through, but I also think it's like great feedback to managers, right? Do you have so, any recommendations as to how you learn this? Talk to your marketing people. <laughs> I think that's a good start. Yeah. You know, I think there, that there are some, some resources out there. Like if you Google and look up marketing measurement, digital marketing, there's a lot of good resources out there. Again, because marketers have gotten ahead of the curve on people want to research and consume information and make their own decisions. Yeah. So there's an awful lot of thought leadership out there. Not to throw a promo at HubSpot. HubSpot's always been fantastic at kind of sharing their IP. And even if you're not a, a HubSpot user, you always will get something kind of interesting out of it. So um, lots of resources to go to. Folks can hit me up um, after this podcast and I'd be more than happy to point them in the right direction. So what do you think about this now of work? You know, I've been talking about future of work for a long time. Now I'm calling it now of work. You know, people are like, when are things going to go back to normal? I'm like, I don't know if there is anything called normal anymore. Like, yeah. where do you, how do you think this plays out? I mean, is this a pendulum that swang from, we didn't do anything for 40 years, sorry, to be sarcastic, to, <laughs> okay, now all of a sudden we're working distributed and we're never going back to the office. And like, do you think that there's a, it swings back? Do you think it goes all the way back to where it was? Like, where do you think we are? Have we settled the on-prem cloud discussion? Like, is that put the bed now? I'm sorry. It's I had to match your sarcasm with. Yes, exactly. Um, no, I, you know what? It's a, it's a great question. And I think that, you know, that's something that I, I'd love to pick your brain on. I know it's, I know it's your podcast, but how, how the hell do you steer the ship into what the future is going to be when the future just literally just got flipped on its head, right? I think that, you know, from, from my perspective, from HR's perspective, COVID has forced people to accelerate transformation. It's a, it's a forcing function, right? It's good because it gets everyone to move. It's bad because if you're not ready for it, there's a lot of opportunities for things to go sideways. But, you know, I think that, like I said before, you, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Um, even if there's a, a magic button where we could wipe out every COVID virus germ on the planet, and reopen our offices tomorrow, you know, like, Hey, I kind of get used to walking my dog at two 30 um, yep. instead of waiting till I get home at five. And you know what? I'm really way more productive from 6am to 9am and then work out. I think it's fundamentally shifted the definition. So what do you, I mean, when clients come to you, they're coming to you for yep. help me author what the future of work looks like. And more importantly, what are the technologies and, and, reps that I got to get into place to, to kind of make that effective. How do you attack them? So, I mean, my, I, I answer this question every day, so it does, sorry, it's going to sound canned. Um, so, I mean, there's really three things. So the first thing is, is that you have to play offense and defense together, uh, which is hard. You know, I still have to get people paid. You know, I still have to keep the lights on, yet I have to play offense, which is the transformation part. And if you think about transformation, you know, we say trans equals trans does equal move. So the question is, am I moving from one technology to another? Am I truly transforming how I work, moving how work happens? And what we need to do is we need to, and we've needed to for a long time, we just haven't, move how work happens, which is true transformation. So the first thing is play offense and defense, and the offense has to be transformation. Now, that's very easily said, 
much more difficultly done. The right. second thing is, is to make sure that they're uh, aligned completely from an HR leadership standpoint and a business standpoint. So we waste a lot of time and spin our wheels a lot of time on ice where recruiting is doing this and comps doing this and mm-hmm. time and operations is doing this and payroll is doing this. And like, let's, if we put our collective hundred percent on each project together and towards one thing that really mattered, imagine how much faster, more agile and more successful we'd be able to be. So the second is driving that alignment. And, and, you know, and then the third thing is focusing on what matters right now, not what we think is going to matter in three years. Mm -hmm. You know, not, and when I say now, that includes not being tone deaf to maybe it's not a good year to do an engagement survey. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not a good year to do performance management because, you know, look, uh, do my, uh, the last thing I want, I mean, employees and managers hate performance management most part anyway. Why would I now ask them in a time where they're already stressed in so many different ways to do something that they hate? Right. So all of that being said, I mean, I think those are the three things, offense and defense at the same time, really focus on transformation, really think about how do I gain that alignment? And then lastly, focus on what matters now. That, what that, the problem mark with that and the opportunity is I need to shift. Yeah. You know, like the way yep. that I've done my yearly planning or two year planning, you know, and when I came into February, you know, now all of a sudden it's, you know, July, like, dude, if I'm still waiting to start doing the stuff I had on that document in February, I have a big problem Yeah, because I'm not playing on the same field. It's a different sport. It's a different field. There's different rules. And it's really important that people just say, okay, that's where we are and not say, okay, well, it's going to go back. And I think that the genie, I like the genie in the bottle discussion. I think that's a really good discussion. I mean, that's a really good way to say it. The genie's out of the bottle. There's a lot of stuff that's changed. Not everything is going to change. Right. Not everything has to change. You know, but I think the other thing that's really important is that our roadmap is not a is not, you know, static. It's going to have to be more agile than we're used to. And that's the other thing that's important. Yeah, is it great? I mean, that's great. And I think too, like going back to the the concept of of storytelling and and alignment, right? Having that that common narrative that people rally around. You know, in the example you gave, it's, you know, getting all the, the sometimes disparate pieces of HR and payroll and timekeeping to kind of come together and, and align around the same nucleus of truth that they're all going to go after. Yep. Right? And here, here's how we're going to move forward. If you, you see, I said aligned and get your act together. You said nucleus of truth. This is why you're a storyteller and I'm not. Like nucleus of truth? The nucleus what the of heck? Truth. No, this I'm sure if I go deep catalog in my comic book collection, there's some like cosmic artifact called the nucleus. Yes, that's going to be the title of this particular episode, The Nucleus of Truth. That's awesome. Marvel, I'm available if you want to talk. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. But, no, that's fine. But no, I think that, that you know, what you're talking about doing within the, the four walls of a business to really truly drive change and where marketing comes into that message is, is we're trying to do it writ large within a marketplace, right? You know, how long have we been writing about the gig economy, right? Yeah. The gig economy and the stay-at-home worker and, you know, 2008, which was an unmitigated disaster for a lot of people, created an incredible opportunity in kind of altering the way people define work and find fulfillment in work and, you know, contributed to the gig economy. We're seeing another massive sea change right now. And whenever you have these, these forcing functions, 
you know, organizations and folks such as yourself that have kind of been preaching this gospel in advance. Um, you know, one, it's got to be gratifying, right? Because like, mm, we kind of been saying you got to digitize and you got to you got to transform uh, for a while now. Uh, but secondly, now you've got this forcing function, right? Yeah. So if you have been doing your job as a consultant, or I've been doing my job as a consultant and a CEO and a marketing person, we've already been helping to create content and knowledge and insight and, and different ways of thinking about these types of issues. So when they pop up, the marketplace is better able to get their head around it more quickly and respond more quickly. And if you're the yeah. brand that is the one that's helping to clarify that for them, you don't even have to say a single word about your product or what you do or where you came from. You're the brand that's bringing knowledge to them in a time of confusion. You automatically have a leg up, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that you extend that out to the HR world and you're that voice that's helping employees that, understand yeah. what's going on or how to get help when things go sideways. It's, it's powerful. Yeah. I love that. I love the way you said in a time of confusion, I think it's a time of both opportunity and confusion. And you know, that that even more needs that clear vision and that clear storytelling. Yeah, for sure. So, Hey, um, there's gonna be a bunch of people that want to get a hold of you after this podcast. What's the best way for people to find you? Is it uh, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Tinder? Like what's the best way? Sorry. What's the best way for people to find you um, if they want to get a hold of you? So if my wife is listening, he's totally kidding. My wife, 23 <laughs> years, I'm not on Tinder. Um, no, best shot is just go straight to our website. It's kickmotor.com. You can also email me directly, Mark, M-A-R-C, uh, French parents, Italian, uh, French mom, Italian dad. That's how Mark with the C Moschetto happens. But Mark at kickmotor.com. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active in, uh, in posting there. And really, I, I hope to be a pain in the neck on, uh, on some of these leap gen events going forward too. So uh, Yeah, we have a ton of fun on them. I hope, you can, uh, I hope you can join. The last thing I always ask everyone, this is kind of, I call it one more thing, which is yeah, what's yeah. the thing that gets you up in the morning? People always write on the podcast notes one of the most valuable parts is that you know, they learn something. You know, someone said, hey, it's my late father. Someone else said, hey, it's the it's how am I changing the world of work for my kids so that when my yeah. kids, which by the way is mine, when my kids get to the workplace, the workplace is better, um, yeah. you know, than it is today. What drives you, what drives you to get up in the morning every day? Yeah. You know, and it like the answer is probably going to vary with the day, but there's a couple of, there's, there's a couple of North stars. You know, one is I, I think that anyone that has been in multiple types of business and, and in different types of, of industries, you know, you, you tend to see injustices might not be the right word, but you see these little things that just make you feel funny inside where, you know, whether it's a, an employee that, that gets terminated, like back in the day, there was a stack ranking process and they crushed it for nine years, but this 10th year they had an off year and now they're at the bottom and they're gone. Stuff like that really grates on me. And you combine that with the fact that, again, I go back to my dad being such an influence in my life. Like he had his own business. Uh, I don't think he's ever signed a contract. Everything he did was literally a handshake. And wow. um, yeah, literally a handshake. I'm not exaggerating. I just value organizations that can comport themselves that way and have a, a compass that's pointed north and it doesn't change. And, you know, I really wanted to be able to do that because I think, you know, marketing is one of those you know, you, you cracked it, you cracked a joke earlier about like, ah, oh, don't you guys just kind of lie to us? Right. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, they're around, right? Like, so I, I wanted to create an organization where I deliver more than our clients pay for, that people are informed. I think they'd rather get bad news early than be surprised by it later on. They can deal with that better. And just to be able to, to run the business in a way that I think is very consistent with, you know, the, the morals and the ethics that my folks raised me with. The other side of it is really being able to show my kids, and I've got three, that you can have an idea and an empty room in your house and a desk. And um, if you're willing to put in the reps and you're willing to put in the hours, you're, uh, you can make something that's lasting. So those, yeah. are the, those are the two biggies for me. I love that. I love that. That's, uh, that's an awesome uh... It's an awesome piece. Um, the kids, showing your kids, not even say a tool, but even a, the insight or the, the one little bit of knowledge that they can do something crazy to change the world. Yeah. Uh, that's a massive piece of power you're handing them. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And you know, like the other side of it too, it could be a cautionary tale. Like I'm 48. I've got three kids. My, I've got two of, you know, 12 years of college payments done. Uh, let's go start a business. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, buy? I mean, Mark, the best thing, I, one of the things someone taught me one day is, you know, you can get one of those marketing jobs or you can get one of those corporate jobs all day long. Yep. You know, what you can't do all day long is doing what you're doing. So congratulations on Kick Motor and more than importantly, sir. congratulations on uh, making the leap to doing something that you love. I appreciate it. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I've had folks like you to, to uh, pave the way. It's been a while since we've worked together. So this has been an absolute pleasure, man. Yeah. So thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. Um, Likewise. Look forward to having you on again soon. All right. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.